You're listening to audio from Queen City Church. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message will encourage you and offer practical steps for a relationship with God that keeps getting better and better. Today we are in the third week of a series that we're calling A New Way to Be Human. And in this series, we are shining a bright spotlight on the normal life that many of us are living in 2023. And it's a life that can often be described as that we are addicted to busy, that we are always in a hurry and always on the go, always maxed out, living with no margin. Maybe we're professional plate spinners and we spend all this energy doing all these things. And when we're not doing all those things, we feel guilty. Or when we're not doing all those things, we're trying to use everything that we can to cope from facing the feelings that we often feel because that life, it creates feelings inside of us like tired, exhausted, worn out, burnt out, stressed out, anxious, like living life with this low simmering anxiety constantly in our life, or even ballooning into full-blown depression. In fact, psychologists, modern psychologists, are calling this normal way of life a disease of lifestyle that often, they call it hurry sickness, that we can experience this, and for, sadly for many of us, this is normal. But church, listen. Normal isn't working. Come on, anybody agree? Like, no, it's just not working. In fact, normal is toxic. It's destructive. Like, normal is destroying our lives. Like, we need something different than normal. Guys, we can't keep living the same way, doing the same things, and then expecting a different result. That literally is the definition of insanity. We need something different. In fact, we need a brand new way to be human. And I've got some really great news. Is that in this series, we're discovering that that's exactly what Jesus came to give us. In fact, in John 10.10, one of the anchor verses of our church, Jesus says, I came so that they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. That is a promise from Jesus to you and to me. Like we can experience a life like that. Jesus says, hey guys, if you think I only came, to save you from your sins so that one day you can go to heaven, you've only got it half right. He says, no, no, no. Like, I, yes, I came for that, but I came for so much more. I came to show you how to live the best possible life on planet Earth until you get to experience that moment. Like the best life that you could ever live is found following Jesus. In fact, here's the invitation from Jesus for every single one of us, especially if you find yourself in that normal state of busy, tired, exhausted, here's the invitation from Jesus that is so good for our souls. He says, are you tired? In Matthew 11, he says, are you tired, worn out, burned out, even on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Watch how I live life. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. 
I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn how to live freely and lightly. Now, here's what these verses are saying, that the solution to your overly busy, exhausted life is following Jesus in every single area of your life. It's living like he lived, doing what he did, talking like he talked, prioritizing what he prioritized, treating people like he treated people, spending your time like he spent his time. In other words, it's like the old school, I talked about it last week, the old school bracelet. What would Jesus do? The WWJD. And if you missed last week, that snow got you down, we actually gave away WWJD bracelets last week on the snow day. Cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So we have a lot (laughs) that are left over. You can go to the info area, grab you a bracelet to remind you this is what the invitation of Jesus is. The invitation is follow me in every single area of your life. And I love what, what he says specifically in verse 29 in the message paraphrase where it says, like, I want you to learn. I want you to learn these rhythms, these unforced rhythms of grace. And that's what we're doing over the next three weeks to finish up this series. In week one, we talked about this problem. Last week, we talked about the solution. And now we're talking about the practices, these rhythms, these unforced rhythms. We're gonna learn some very practical, very doable rhythms that Jesus had in his day-to-day life that allowed him to be able to live that more and better life, that allowed him to live a brand new way how to be human. So today, if you're taking notes, which I hope you are, today's going to be very practical. In fact, the next three weeks, I think that you'll really know what to do on Monday because, man, we're passionate about that around here. We just don't want to come in and have an experience and experience the goosebumps and do all that and walk out the same way. No, like what we want deep in our heart is to prepare you that we believe our Sundays should always affect our Mondays. And so today, if you're taking notes, We're going to be talking about this subject for the next few minutes, the quiet place, the quiet place. How many like it when it's quiet? How many you're uncomfortable when it's quiet? Yeah, 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 yeah. I can prove it. We can just get quiet just for a few seconds. You'll feel weird. Okay, but I won't do that. I don't got time. I got a lot of stuff to talk about, okay? But I do want to pray, okay? God, help us, speak to us, and help us walk out of here different than how we walked in. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The quiet place. Now, um, there have been a lot of big, important, monumental moments in history. Like in 1440, way back in the day, when Johannes Gutenberg invented the printing press, changed everything. Or in 1880, when Thomas Edison invented the light bulb. He is responsible for why you stay up so late, okay? Or in 1886, when Carl Benz invented the first modern automobile. Or in 1949, when a guy named Nicholas Lambrinides changed the world forever when he founded Skyline Chili. (laughs) We take the chili and we put it on noodles. (laughs) Okay, just... 
1985, when Peter Moore designed the first pair of Jordans. Tell you, just changed my life right there. Just, or I'm just going to say this prophetically, humbly, but prophetically in 2023, when the Cincinnati Bengals will win their first ever Super Bowl in Jesus' name. <laughs> but in uh, 2007, something happened that would forever change our world. In 2007, it was the year that the iPhone was invented. In fact, in, a, in the 2007 speech where Steve Jobs introduced the original iPhone, he opened up that speech by saying, every once in a while, a revolutionary product comes along that changes everything. And the truth is, he was right. Because this invention, if you think about it, essentially ended boredom. Come on, anybody remember back in the 90s when we used to get bored? Anybody just... We just sit around and do nothing. You just sit there and wait. You know, you just wait. You should get bored. Now, the second that we get bored, we reach for our phones that have instant access to unlimited information and unlimited entertainment. Like we scroll social media, text a friend, read the news, check the weather, check our stocks, answer an email, look for houses on Zillow, put in a grocery order, buy an NFT, or play countless, countless hours of Candy Crush. Or my personal favorite, Wordscapes. I mean, I crush some Wordscapes. As soon as we get bored, it's what we do. A recent study actually discovered that the average iPhone user touches their phone 2,617 times a day. Another recent study found that 77% of young adults answered yes when asked, when nothing is occupying my attention, the first thing I do is reach for my phone. The same study showed that 23% of young adults lied. Um, <laughs> here's really what that means. Here's really what that means. Right now, in 2023, we are more distracted than ever. There's never been a time in human history where we are more distracted than right now. In fact, in, two, in, in the year 2000, the, this is seven years before the iPhone, the average attention span was 12 seconds. Today, the average attention span is eight seconds. Guys, we lost four seconds in just 23 years. To put that in perspective, a goldfish <laughs> has an attention span of nine seconds. The goldfish got us beat. So here's the question I have today. That's reality. That's life. That's science. That's studies. 
My question is, how does that impact our relationship with God? The important questions that we have to answer today is, how do we connect with God? Like, how do we clearly hear God's voice? How do we read our Bible and actually get something out of it? How can we pray and talk to God without getting distracted every 10 seconds, especially when we can't pay attention any longer than a goldfish and literally have infinity in our pocket? How? Is there anything that we can actually learn from the life of Jesus that can help us with this? If we're following Jesus, how can we follow Jesus in a world where we're so distracted and we have such unlimited information and entertainment? Is there anything from his life that actually still translates today over a thousand years later in 2023? The good, the, the, the good news is that the answer is yes. Like there's a specific rhythm, a discipline that he did one of these rhythms of grace that we can learn that has the ability to change our lives and to help us stay connected to God in this distracted world. Let me show you in the Bible. Matthew chapter 3. I'm going to read one verse from, from, verse, from chapter 3, starting verse 13. It says, Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. By the way, if you need another reason to be baptized, if you are a follower of Jesus, that's what he did, okay? In verse 16, it goes on to say, after his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him, and a voice from heaven, God said, this is my dearly loved son, who brings me great joy. This is the baptism of Jesus. And what makes this moment so significant is that this was the official start of Jesus's earthly ministry. This was the starting line. He had 30 years of preparation for this three-year assignment that he would have on planet earth. Now listen to the very next verse in Matthew chapter four, verse one. It says, then... So right after he got baptized, right after the starting line, Jesus was led by the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and he became very hungry. So the very first thing after his official start of his earthly ministry, the very first thing he did, it wasn't preaching, it wasn't teaching, it wasn't performing a miracle or healing the sick or casting out demons or even gathering a big crowd. The very first thing that Jesus did after the start of his ministry was go into the wilderness to pray and to fast and to be alone with God for a month and a half. Now, that term wilderness in the original language, in the Greek language, is this word eremos, which can be translated a few different ways. It can be translated like we just read, wilderness, or desert, or desert place, or desolate place, solitary place, lonely place, or my favorite, the quiet place. And when you study the life of Jesus, 
you will see that he went to the Eremos many times. But this was the very first time that the Bible actually shows us and tells us that he went to the Eremos. And for a long time, I used to read this text and I used to read this story and thinking that the wilderness was actually a place of weakness. Like this was a place where Jesus had to go when he was at his weakest to be tested when he was tired, when he was hungry, and he was alone, and he had to pass this test so that he could do all these things, but I had it backwards. The quiet place was not a place of weakness. It was a place of strength. See, listen, like, like we need oxygen. Jesus needed this time in the quiet place to do what God was calling him to do. He wasn't at his weakest after 40 days of prayer and fasting and being alone with God. He was at his strongest. So some of you, you just experienced 21 days of prayer and fasting. I'm telling you right now in your spirit, you are at your strongest. And that's why when you read through the, through the gospels, read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the eyewitness accounts of Jesus, you'll see that he keeps going to this Eremos, this quiet place, over and over again. In fact, in Mark chapter 1, it talks about what happens literally right after these 40 days in the wilderness. And after that time in the quiet place, he got right to work. After those 40 days of prayer and fasting and being alone with God, the scriptures say in Mark chapter 1 that he immediately goes to work. He immediately recruits some of his disciples. He teaches in the synagogue. He heals a whole, bu a whole bunch of people. He casts out a bunch of demons. And then right after that, right after that stretch of ministry where he was doing all these things for God, look at what he did in Mark chapter 1 verse 35. It says, before daybreak, the next morning, Jesus got up and he went out to an isolated place, Eremos, to pray. I don't know about you, but don't you think that he would slept in, maybe vegged out a little bit, just relaxed? But it says that he got up early and he went to the quiet place. Let me give you another example. Mark chapter 6, verse 30. A few chapters later, it says the apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told him all that they had done and taught. Now, this ministry tour was so busy that one verse later, it says that there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his disciples, they didn't even have time to eat. Can anybody relate to that? Come on, any parents in here? Like, I don't, I don't even know the last time I ate. I've been so busy. I don't even know the last time I sat down and had a good meal where he, this was Jesus' response in verse 31. Here's what Jesus said after they came and they told him all this. Jesus said in verse 31, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. Let's take some time to go to the Eremos before that. Let me give you one more example. Truthfully, I could have filled my whole time. I got at least 10 from God's word where I could share over and over again where he kept going back to this. Luke chapter five, verse 15 says the report 
of, the, of his power, of Jesus' power, it spread even faster. And vast crowds came to hear him preach and to be healed of their diseases. And I imagine the disciples were like, Jesus, this is awesome. You're trending. <laughs> like, we've got to ride this momentum. You've got to get back out there. There's more people that need to be Change. There's more people that need to hear this message. Come on, let's ride this momentum, Jesus. In the very next verse, in Luke chapter 5, verse 16, says, But Jesus, he often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. See, Jesus was constantly going back over and over and over again to that quiet place. I think he did it every single day. And let me just ask a simple question. If Jesus needed that, how much more do we need that? Now, here's my working definition of the quiet place, just very working. Here's, here's how I would explain it. It's consistent time where you intentionally slow down quiet your life, and spend quality one-on-one time with God. So when we read that Jesus went into the quiet place or the wilderness, the Eremos, it's consistent time where you intentionally slow down, quiet your life, and spend quality one-on-one time with God. Now, this was a normal rhythm and discipline in Jesus's life. And if you are a follower of Jesus, if you want to experience the more and better life that he has to offer, if you're following Jesus, this should be a normal rhythm and discipline in your life because, and I'm going to fly through these, because the quiet place is a place of strength. The quiet place is a place of clarity What I found is that you learn what to say yes to, and more importantly, you know what to say no to. Every yes is a thousand no's. You learn that. You learn the quiet place is a place of clarity. The quiet place is a place of identity. See, there you are reminded of who you are. The quiet place is a place of recovery and recharging from what you've been doing. We see that in Jesus's life, but also the quiet place is a place of preparation for the future and what's ahead. And lastly, the quiet place is a place of relationship. And please hear me, please hear me. More than anything, God wants a relationship with you. Like more than keeping a big list of do's and don'ts, more than just having good ethics, more than just having the right theology, more than perfect church attendance, more than serving on a dream team, more than giving to church, more than anything, God wants a relationship with you. In fact, he wants a close, intimate, consistent, daily, dynamic relationship with you. See, I know this because this book tells us that he paid the highest, pre- highest price, that he gave his one and only son as a sacrifice to die for our sins just for the chance to have that type of relationship with you. He wants that so bad. He wants a close relationship with you. And all close relationships, listen, all have the same three things, time, communication, and intimacy. All of them. 
Every close relationship, think about it, that you have in your life, name the relationship, a spouse, family, friend, whatever, every close relationship in your life has those three characteristics, time. You spend time together. And it's not just quantity of time, it's quality time. Like you talk, communication. And communication is probably both ways. And then three, intimacy. You share things with them that you don't share with anyone else. And it's the same with God. If you want a close relationship with God, you need those three things. You need time, you need communication, and you need intimacy. That's why you need the quiet place. That's why you need consistent time where you intentionally slow down and quiet your life and spend quality one-on-one time with God. Listen, 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 listen. This, it, this church is so important. You need this. You need this. I need this. We need this. We need to gather together. I encourage you, be here every single time you can. Be here in person. Like, be here. This is important. We need to gather and worship Jesus together and experience the tangible manifest presence and the power of God. We need together to open up the scriptures and see what God is saying to our church. We need the lobby just as much as we need everything in here. We need the hugs. We need somebody looking us in the eye and saying, how was your week? How are you really doing? We need this. But listen, we need more than this. We do. We need the quiet place. It would be the physical equivalent. If all we do is this, it would be the physical equivalent of just having one meal a week. Can you do it? Yeah. Do I highly recommend that? No. Like that's not how we're designed. We're not designed to eat one big meal and then go the rest of the week with just living on that. No, like we're designed to eat every day. And I think that reflects even how God created us spiritually to be able to eat every single day. We need more than this. Now, the quiet place has been a big part of my life for years. And uh, I love my time in the quiet place. And by the way, I have a big announcement, big, huge, for years. I've called my time in the quiet place my devos. But after this week, and after the last month or so of really studying so much of everything that we're talking about, I feel so deeply convicted to change it. It is no longer my devos. It is my quiet time. I'm taking it old school. It's my quiet time. Why? Because that, that literally, it reminds me it, it, it is. I'm going into this quiet place. I'm going to my Eremos every day. And, and for me, what I do is uh, almost every morning I go to a desk. It's in my basement. And I highly recommend you having a consistent place where, where you do this. But for me, it's a, it's a desk that's in my basement. And it's, I, I just do a lot of Jesus-y type stuff there. So I, I pray, I talk to God, I, I read my Bible, I journal, I have a journal up here. This is a lot of what it looks like up here. I have some resources and I have a bunch of pens and coffee because you can't hear God without coffee and 
<laughs> Kidding. Okay. Don't email me. Okay. Is that... <laughs> uh, got a candle. Don't judge me, fellas. It's good. It's a good scent. And, um, you know, I journal. Sometimes I worship. Sometimes I'm just quiet. Just kind of still my soul. It's my quiet place. And for the last, like, 13 to 14 years, I try to start every single day with my quiet time. And honestly, it's usually the best part of my day. And I have some awesome days. It's usually the best part of my day. And when I don't have that this time, like I miss it. Like I feel different. And probably the people that are close to me in my life, they probably know when I don't have that time as well. And when I don't have that time, I just, I mean, I miss it. Let me tell you, church, nothing has impacted my relationship with God more than this. Nothing. Nothing has gotten me closer to God. Nothing has helped me hear the voice of God more clearly than this time. Nothing has helped me get off the spiritual roller coaster of these high highs and these low lows and actually find consistency in my relationship with God more than this. No exaggeration. The quiet place, my quiet time has completely changed and transformed my life. And I've learned some things over the years about this rhythm that I know that I saw Jesus do over and over again in scripture. I've learned some things and so I don't have a lot of time. But before we end, I thought it would be really cool to just practically share. These are some of the things that I have learned in the quiet place, about the quiet place. And they're gonna be very practical. And hopefully they'll help you. And they're gonna be rapid fire. I just don't got that much time, but I was like, I gotta share this. Because if you're like, I want this so bad, I just don't know what to do. Like, what can this look like? Well, let me share some things that I've learned along the way as I've stumbled my way through this. And here's a few things. One, embrace the awkward. Embrace the awkward. If you've never spent one-on-one time with God, let me just warn you, it may be awkward at first. Just like all new relationships. That's not unique to God. Every new, think about it. Every new friendship started awkward. The person that you're dating, engaged to, married to, probably was awkward the very first time. It's like, hey, how are you? Just trying to learn each other a little bit, you know? So if that's where you're at, start where you are and embrace the awkward. Push through the awkward. Here's why. It won't last forever. Another thing that may help you is there's something special about starting your day in the quiet place before anything else. I try to do that before anything else. It's such, I found that it's such a tangible way to put God first every single day and invite him in to every single part of our life. 
The truth is the rest of my day is different when I do this. I'm different. My attitude is different when I do this right off the bat. There's something special about starting your day in the quiet place. Another thing that may help you is when in doubt, read the Bible and pray. Some of you are like, what do I do? When in doubt, read the Bible and pray. Not because you're trying to check off some religious boxes, but because you're trying to have a relationship with God. And all relationships require two-way communication. So think about it like this. Reading your Bible is God talking to you. And prayer is you talking to God. It's you having a two-way conversation. So when in doubt, read your Bible and pray. By the way, if you don't have a Bible, you're like, man, I would love one. I wanna encourage you to get a physical Bible. If you want one, we have some that are available for free at the info area. We'd be honored to give you a Bible today so that you could start meeting with God in your quiet place. Another thing that I would just encourage you with is quality over quantity. Listen, you're not trying to hit some time goal. You're not trying to impress God with how long you can do this. What I've learned is that often your season and your stage of life determines how much time that you got. Sometimes you you got a full hour. Sometimes you got 15 minutes. Sometimes all you got is the five to 10 minute drive to work. Sometimes you're a mom of a two year old and you just got 10 minutes at the start of nap time. And that's it, before you can take a nap, or before you gotta do all the things before they wake up. I just encourage you, quality over quantity. Three other things, and then we'll wrap up, we'll pray. Also encourage you, put your phone in another room, or at minimum, in do not disturb. That's a great feature. Some of you just got like a pit in your stomach thinking about putting my phone in another room. Are you crazy? Yeah, do it. Here's why. Because you touch it 4,700 times a day. <laughs> and you're quiet. Like, this, it will steal your attention. It's the number one thing that will distract you. And you probably, just like me, don't have the discipline or the willpower to not check it when you get the ding when that notification goes off. So use wisdom, just put it in another room or at minimum set it on do not disturb where it doesn't ding. Two more, try your very best to keep it as peaceful, calm and quiet as possible. Your quiet place needs to be, I know, shocker, quiet. It needs to be, your soul needs that. The rest of your day needs that because it's so different than your normal life. And it may be the only time all day long where you're gonna be quiet. So if I'm by myself, if I'm able to actually get up before my kids, I try to just keep it quiet. In fact, I put in noise canceling headphones, put in my AirPods, turn on the noise canceling thing, and I don't play anything because it even kind of makes it quieter and try to do that. But there's a lot of times my kids are up and they're crazy and they're loud all the time. They're loud. 
Or maybe sometimes I have my quiet time at a coffee shop and I don't go around and ask the whole coffee shop, hey, please be quiet. Man of God's reading his Bible. Like I don't do that. But I do have those headphones and I put it in. And in those moments, I just listen to ambient instrumental music. No words, because the words always distract me and I don't do anything that's super busy. I'm just trying to just even like this. Thank you, Patty. This kind of makes me feel like this. This, and I feel good. It's a quiet place. Try to do that. But the last thing, guys, if you didn't write down any of them, you have to get this. This is the, the most important thing out of all of it. After the last 13, 14 years of quiet times and spending time in my quiet place, let me tell you the most important thing is that at this table, you need to always leave room for grace. Always. Because there's going to be days that you're going to miss. There's going to be days where you sleep in, hit the snooze way too much. There's going to be days where you, where you don't get anything out of it, where you don't feel anything. There's going to be days where you read your Bible and you don't understand a lick of what you just read. There's going to be days where you're not perfect. And on those days, church, leave room for grace. Don't quit. Don't give up. In fact, let me change your perspective on something. I think those days when we're not perfect, it actually is a gift from God that points us to an incredibly important truth that we need to have deep in our heart until we reach heaven. And it's the fact that we never graduate from grace. That you and I, we need grace today just as much as the day that we first receive grace. That's why it's so important to always leave room for grace. And as your pastor, I beg you, prioritize the quiet place. Fight for this rhythm that Jesus showed us in your life and let it become part of your normal day-to-day life. Like, listen, you won't know how much your soul and your relationship with God desperately needs this until you do it. And I promise you, I promise you, it will change your life because it is completely changed my life. Try it. I dare you. This is the time I got today. Won't you bow your head, close your eyes. Let's hear from God before we leave. Why don't you take some time and right where you're at, no matter where you are in your spiritual journey today, would you just ask God this question? Will you, will you ask God this right where you're at? If you're watching online, will you ask God, what are you saying to me today? Ask him, what are you speaking to me? Let's create a little quiet place right here, right now for you to hear God. And ask him, what are you speaking to me? Maybe ask him, what does a response need to be to this message? Like, how can my life be different? How can my Monday be different because of my Sunday? Because this is one of those messages where our Sundays should definitely affect our Mondays.
And maybe right now God is speaking to you about something specific about the quiet place. Maybe it's, I need to start. Maybe tomorrow, I need to just set that alarm 30 minutes earlier so that you can have that time before you go off to work or before you go off to school. Maybe that's what he's asking you to do. Maybe it's to re-implement that into your life. Maybe you were doing that at one time, but for whatever reason, life got busy and maybe you're not doing that. Maybe you need to restart that time. But maybe before you start implementing that rhythm or that discipline into your life, maybe the truth is today you're at church and you need to get right with God before you do any of that. God wants a relationship with you more than anything. But right now you're like, I don't have one. I haven't even started a relationship with God. Or maybe I did in the past. But right now, I'm about as far as you can get from God, and I need to actually restart my relationship with God. And we want to give you that opportunity before we end. We want to take a moment to be able to lead you in a prayer to either start or restart your relationship with God. And if you're here and that's you and you know that that is what your next step is today, that you need to get right with God, I'm going to ask you on the count of three, to raise your hand and say, would you include me in that prayer? That's my response today. If you're here and that's you, I want you to boldly put it up on the count of three. One, two, three. You need to start, you need to restart your relationship with God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hands up, hands are up. Anybody else, anybody else? That's my decision today. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can put your hand down and why don't you just pray something like this, just directly from your heart. Just say, Jesus, I love you, I need you. And I repent, I'm sorry, I changed my mind and I changed my direction for living my life without you. Will you right now come live inside me? Will you change me? Will you make me brand new? God, I just don't surrender my schedule to you. I surrender my whole life to you. I give you my life, all of it. And Jesus, today, I receive your grace. I receive your forgiveness. I receive the fresh start that you have for me today. And I choose today and moving forward to follow you with everything that I have. I choose to follow you. And we thank you so much for Jesus. And it's through Jesus that we pray. And everybody said a loud amen. Church, can you clap your hands? Come on and celebrate with all those that just made that decision. Yeah. If there's anything in your life that we can pray for, please visit queencitypeople.com slash prayer. For the latest updates on our church, follow us on social media at queencitypeople or visit queencitypeople.com.